right, welcome back to the Content That Grows podcast. I'm sitting down again today with Derek Flint, Marketing Manager at 10Speed. How's it going, Derek? It's going well. Another great chat on, well, Twitter today. Yes. Yeah, so we're excited to continue the conversation around content distribution uh, and repurposing. And a big part of that is social content. And so, um, you know, we've kind of already covered, you know, why distribution matters and who should own it. And so uh, this episode, we're really kind of going uh, all in on Twitter distribution. And then uh, next episode will be LinkedIn. So we're going to dedicate a couple episodes to really spend some time on this because there's a lot of nuance to it. So excited to get going. Uh, definitely going to um, cover quite a bit. So just to get started, Derek would love um, to actually just have you hit on some of the quirks of distributing content on Twitter. Yeah. So the reason I want to cover this first is I think, I think in order to be successful on Twitter, like any social media app, you have to like figure out the way this thing is working and the way people are behaving on it. So the first thing I would say is Twitter is an interestingly communal space. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard for me to imagine a brand alone being successful just by like posting content and hoping that someone picks it up. So I think whether it's an influencer or like your employee, your teammates should probably be a prominent figure on there. Um, someone who's regularly posting or engaging, um, or it's like your, your founder, right. Who's kind of taking charge. People are naturally kind of pulled magnetically towards CEOs and founders for their journey. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that's huge. I think that, uh, the other kind of weird thing that I think especially differentiates it from LinkedIn is kind of how casual the Twitter space feels, mm -hmm. whether it's just like people occasionally feeling the need to curse or just like sharing more personal takes and opinions. Uh, there's like a feeling of like, I'm just hanging out here. I'm taking a smoke break. I just hang out on Twitter all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of that is just how fast paced it is. Uh, things are moving through that feed. They don't really sit there for days. So you may have a half hour window where people see what it is you posted. Um, and then it's yeah. just gone. So you really want to get people's attention. Um, I think another weird quirk about Twitter, as if you start to have success, so you start to post things, they're working, people are attached to it. You maybe get some influencers from your industry to help kind of spike interest in whatever you're doing or distributing. Um, it's still hard to figure out who your followers are all of the time because there's so much noise around who's following you. Yeah. So you likely are hitting brands and things, but there's also just a million people or there's bots with like, you know, mm -hmm. five followers that are sort of engaging. Um, and those people will trail off eventually as well. So as fast as they come and they might become a follower for you and you you see your follower count growing, you can quickly get discouraged on Twitter. So whatever you're doing yeah. isn't working. No one's doing anything. So those people also just leave Twitter. So it's pretty important to like stay updated and like continue to build followers on that platform. Yeah. Um, I think we all know Twitter for being at times fairly toxic. So whether it's just kind of like hustle culture in general, or it can get combative and you get into these 
heated yeah. bits. I think it's just something to be aware of. Um, there's also kind of a large segment of, of freelancers or individuals who maybe by some definition are in your, your niche area or your, your, they do the job that you do. Yeah. Um, but they do it for personal wealth. And so their approach to the entire way that, you know, you perform your job, it, you're kind of talking past each other and maybe right. accidentally insulting one another. Um, so it's just something to be aware of when you're engaging in that space. Um, I think that covers a lot of the weird quirkiness. Again, I think I already covered the speed of it. It doesn't last very long unless you start to get retweets and um, then you might see a day or two where you're in the limelight, but yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I was just, I'm literally just grabbing my phone right now to, to look at my profile. Cause I think what's interesting. Yes. Yeah, so I joined October of 2008, um, for Twitter. So coming up on, what does that make that, uh, 10, 14 year anniversary of being on Twitter. <laughs> Um, it's, I, you know, I think it's weird. I, I mean, I literally remember some of my first tweets were like a, um, SMS, like literally just like a text message that would post it there. Um, so I feel like, you know, like the evolution of it has been so fascinating too, as you think about distribution things, um, and just what it was early on of just kind of like. I feel like a lot of discovery, I feel like was a really big thing that still can be an element um, to that, but just like following the right people, they were just uncovering amazing, whatever, free resources online or like uh, tools or, or, you know, even just from like a personal perspective, like restaurants and stuff like that. Like it was, uh, I think a really big, interesting part of it. But I, I would say the having been on there for so long, the one thing that I think has been the common thread is the like engagement aspect of it. Um, whereas, you know, like you said, uh, LinkedIn, some of the others, it's, there's certainly engagement and there's some comments and whatnot, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same like flowing conversation of people getting tagged in and all of a sudden they're commenting and you can kind of have just this very like fluid and dynamic conversation with people on Twitter, uh, that's unique. So I feel like that is really a factor that's been, um, consistent for a really long time, but is also just a bit quirky because you have to just takes a little bit of time to kind of understand the dynamics of that. And sometimes it's weird getting tagged into something that's already a conversation's already going on and kind of jump in, or if you miss it, cause you were, you know, watching a movie for two hours then realizing like, oh, I still want to kind of chime in, but the moment's kind of passed and like I can, but it just won't be the same. And so uh, it is, can be anyway, extremely timely, uh, highly dynamic, um, but can be some, fa some fantastic conversation and engagement that comes from it too. Yeah. I love the one-on-one -on -one aspect of Twitter. You really, I, I do get a sincere sense that I'm interacting with yeah. someone more than I do on LinkedIn. And then the only other part I would add is like, as far as amplification goes, it is one of the only channels I know that other than like the new, like TikTok, right? Uh, we obviously mm -hmm. see the algorithms naturally do that. But I on Twitter, I think 
the like retweet or their version of the share is promoted, it's also pretty low energy to retweet someone. It's it almost represents equally with the like thumbs up, you know, they're like, I agree with this and I don't mind just like throwing it out there to where it's been disincentivized on say LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. um, where if you share, you see your impressions crash. So I think, I think that's one of the reasons why the amplification aspect is one of the reasons why I think Twitter is, is so interesting. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's, um, the other thing that I was thinking about is just that there, it feels a lot more fluid to be able to go from sort of the public, you know, maybe comment on someone's post, they reply a couple back and forths. Um, it feels far more fluid to kick over and like DM that person and, you know, potentially continue a conversation that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like that happens a lot more naturally than on LinkedIn comments. Like I, from, from my experience anyway, I think it would be quite jarring to like switch to the messages on LinkedIn and, and start chatting there, you know, like it just doesn't happen. Like Twitter literally just feels like you're kind of just like flipping around to the backside of the, the, the thread, you know, versus. Yeah. Like like let's continue what we already started. Yeah. Um, so I think there can be some, some power in that too, you know, like there's, um, especially if you're doing anything where it's trying to kind of build relationships for, um, you know, consulting work or, or to generate leads or anything like that, like the, the fluidity to be able to just kick over into, to DMS and continue from there, I think is, is pretty unique to Twitter as well. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a really good point. Um, I, I, I'd be curious kind of your perspective on this, but I think that speaks a lot to the inner personality of, of Twitter and the conversationalist of it. But like in your experience and having worked at a SaaS company, you know, do you think Twitter is a, is like a strong place for brands? Can you have a a strong presence there? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely changed a lot, you know, gone are the days of um, having a, a company Twitter profile that, is essentially there to share links to content you're creating or, you know, webinar invites or, you know, join us at this booth, uh, whatever. And like, that's kind of all there is. So, I mean, even, um, I worked at a SaaS company, Sprout Social, that was social media management, uh, platform. So like we, we were very involved in that and doing our own thing. And I think, um, you know, that was, that was extremely early that you would just sort of like, oh yeah, I want to follow this brand and like maybe get, uh, you know, uh, op- options for, you know, a sale going on or a discount code or something like that. Like it was very like transactional. Um, and then I think pretty quickly, uh, we started to see as a SaaS company, the sort of inbound support type of queries and stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a huge area where, um, the, the brand profile on Twitter becomes so much more than like a marketing channel and truly like a communication extension of the brand to where you have like engagement, like directly interacting with people in, in what feels like one-on-one conversation. You have, um, some, you know, marketing related 
sharing type of things. And then you have uh, any sort of like customer support type of things where you're actually helping people out directly on from the, the Twitter account. And some companies have like the main brand profile and like a customer support profile. Some people do it all in one. Um, like there's a number of things there, but I think that's like uh, sort of the, the high level on it. And I think there's, I think so much of it just depends on who's running the account and sort of their personality and their take. Like, obviously there's examples, you know, like Wendy's and some of those where like, there's a lot of bite to whoever's writing that <laughs> the copy and the responses, and it's very punchy and funny, uh, and it gains a lot of attention. Um, but you could also have super boring content that, that comes from a brand too. So I think that's a big factor is kind of who's running it, what's the brand voice and the style and, and kind of all of that. And so um, there's certainly, you know, I think companies that do a good job, um, like Ahrefs um, and SEMrush, you know, Gong, HubSpot, like there's a number of those that uh, are, you know, pulling a lot of insights, dropping that out, super engaged, super, you know, active and responsive as a profile. I think, I think it can work, but to your point earlier, like it should, it, it, it's so much better when it is tied to personal engagement too. And like, here's some leaders in our company or the founder or just some, uh, some bigger personalities. So um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's definitely opportunities to be prominent, but I think less companies now are trying to focus on making their brand profile on Twitter the number one hub and and uh, point of contact, I guess, for the company because there's a lot more coming from the personal side. That's uh, it's in. I totally forgot about the customer support aspect of that, um, but that's wild. So. It, is that something you've seen like content distribution work through in terms of, you know, the support team being able to distribute content like that? Or are you saying more like one-on-one -on -one conversation? With, or uh, yeah, I think mostly it's been, the use case has been like, I'm as a social, social media manager or as a customer support person on social, I'm literally taking something that someone's like, Hey, the site's down the reply easy. Like, yeah, here's our site status, you know, acknowledge we're working on it might be a quick communication like that. Or there's like some bigger stuff. that's like, Hey, let's escalate, flip over to DMS, like talk through a little bit more. And then from the tool, create an actual ticket in your support tool. Um, whether that's, you know, Zendesk or help scout or whatever it might be. So, um, I think there's, there's levels of it, you know, like there's things they can quickly answer directly in, in a comment. And then there's like flipping over into DMS and then there's like actually creating tickets into the support side. Got it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think, um, you know, I, I, I think what's interesting to kind of get back to like the distribution side of things and not just like high level on the, the social channels is like, um, yeah, I think it would be great to kind of have you just kind of kick into like what, what things we've seen that work, uh, when it comes to like successful content distribution on Twitter, you've been doing that, you know, quite a bit for us and everything. So we'd love to kind of hear you. Yeah. There. So I think if you're leveraging, um, 
you know, a personal profile. The, the biggest thing right now seems to be threads, a thread of some sort. These are punchy. They offer a lot of information. I know there's a lot around like zero click, like leave all the value on the platform. I think that that's, you know, very true of Twitter or the people who hang out on Twitter. I don't think it's universally true of Twitter in ways that I do feel like LinkedIn, it's harder to drag people off of. And I, I say that from personal experience promoting my own newsletter, mm-hmm. which is I'd never put my link in the first bit, but I'll essentially write a thread that is my entire newsletter. Yeah. Sometimes 20 to 30 <laughs> thread, thread posts long yep. um, with a link at the bottom. That's just like, if you want this in a you know more friendly format, here it is. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, in the process of four months, I had 500 subscribers. I had over 10,000 people who like jumped into that content and looked at it, read it, was getting comments and DMs, that kind of thing. So I think that's interesting. And like, you'll, you'll see this, like if you pop onto Twitter right now and we're sort of nearing the end of this phase, but it was really hot for like the last month where these threads were like websites, so valuable, they should be illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone gets tired of a thing on Twitter pretty quickly. So it doesn't last long, but those were very valuable. And almost all of them were asking you to click off of Twitter and to like explore that thing and, and appreciate it in a certain way. Mm. And I think that that's, um, that is a unique, unique aspect of Twitter that the algorithm doesn't necessarily in the middle of a thread, like ding you for you know, sending people off platform. Yeah. It's also one of the, I've seen many people who kind of run up the follower count and like gain prominence in an industry by, you know, doing that sort of co-marketing style. And so they'll do a thing where they're like, here's 10 pieces or here's, you know, seven pieces I read this week. And every Saturday they post that thread. And then each of those seven, you know, articles that they complement they give this sort of like TLDR bullet list and they yeah. at the person who wrote that content and include yeah. a link. Yeah. And all of those authors kind of come flying in because they're like, sweet, like, yeah, I want, let's get this thing going. And they retweet and you're like, it yeah. benefits everyone um, making a pretty unique space. So those are kind of some of the things that I've seen. And that type of content is generally geared towards either like really interesting things you got to see or very specifically how to do something that's more of like a trick or a hack to like benefit you in your professional life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, I think like in terms of, a you know, thinking about a company saying, Hey, we're going to build this strategy to distribute our content on social, the employee personal brand side of it, you know, obviously like um, social advocacy, you know, is a big area in terms of um, you know, tapping into the people in your company to help promote. But I think the interesting thing is like, from Twitter perspective, that is, it, it just doesn't work to say like, hey, everyone on our team, go share this content on your Twitter profile. Um, I think there, one, there has to be like an actual desire and willingness from people to be on Twitter and engaging and not just popping on to share a link once a week or something. Um, Hmm. 
So when you think about that for your company and how you're wanting to do distribution from the personal side, I do think that it's a bit of a self-selecting thing and really just probably a little bit more of championing the folks on your team that are engaging and are sort of proactively building the personal brand versus um, wanting to kind of mandate that across the entire team. Um, and then in, in terms of like the brand perspective and content distribution, I think one of the biggest things is just having a, a, a steady stream. Like you said, uh, you know, like a Twitter thread, the example you gave was like, whatever, 20, 30 tweets that are breaking down an entire newsletter. I think similarly, even if it's not threads, like uh, a company Twitter profile would benefit a lot from just taking snippets from content on the website, whether that's clips from a webinar, clips from a podcast, uh, a section of a blog post or data from a data report or whatever, and actually just sharing it as just like this, making the, the brand profile, this steady stream of like insights and value that don't require you to go click off and to the site and, and read the whole thing or, or watch the whole thing. So I think that's a really, really big part of it is just, um, that connection, you know, to say, Hey, here's everything our social media team is wanting to do. Let's make sure that there is a clear process of as content's being created, what's the plan for distribution? How do we have the steady stream of, of value going out? that uh, is not requiring people to click to the site. And I, I see a lot of, you know, really small, com like small marketing teams on companies who will, they essentially have their brand become like version 2.0 of the most prominent person at their company. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see that person sort of generate a lot of attention and then they sort of drag the brand behind them. So like every once in a while, they're retweeting the brand um, and showcasing like, hey, if you like what I have to say, you'll like what our brand has to say because I'm writing the brand content as well. And so yeah. why not follow two of these things? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I think there's, yeah. So again, from a distribution standpoint, I think that that's a really big part of Twitter distribution, content distribution. Um is breaking up and just pulling a lot of that out and sharing that through. Um, but I, I do think there's, you know, the other aspect is what I mentioned before, is just sort of that, that personality, like uh, when it's done right, I think the brand profiles can, you know, be a bit snarky or, you know, actually jump in on a thread and, and comment, you know, there and, and actually like leave a valid response just like as you would from a personal account, uh, from the brand account. Um, I think just, it just all comes down to kind of what your company's comfortable with and, and what the resources you have to, to be able to do that. Cause if you're like outsourcing social, that's extremely difficult for someone outsourced to be able to really jump in and engage from a brand account and, and just probably going to be, uh, a little bit more of a steady flow of what they're doing from that standpoint. So, um, but yeah, I, I do think it's possible. And like, we've not so far, we still haven't created a Twitter company, Twitter account, um, primarily just cause we haven't had 
a clear idea of like what we would use it for. And I'd rather have no Twitter account for, for 10 speed than to have one that looks poorly done or like a ghost town. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. It, if I were on Twitter and like helping 10 speed run, it's just, I think for us as a, as a brand, it becomes a time thing because I think there's a pretty, you need to spend time on Twitter and yeah. like, not only are you dedicating time, but like a thread, it can take 30 minutes to 45 minutes to write a really great thread that you kind of whittle down, you know, it's value packed. Um, and if you got to do that and then spend time responding to everyone who responds to it, mm -hmm. there's a lot there and on top of like, okay. And that we're also managing LinkedIn and, and kind of what's going on over here for distribution and then trying to create content and we're creating this podcast and yeah. uh, there's a lot of pragmatic reasons for just being like, okay, th this is possible. I see it, but we might have to build to that point. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Well, I think, you know, one of the other areas to move into uh, that we wanted to cover today was just, um, you know, if you had to list some of the ways to like to make sure that you're getting the most out of Twitter, uh, what would you rec recommend? So I guess you could call it kind of best practices or however you want to look at that. But, um, you know, trying to dis distill some of our perspective <laughs> and experience into a little bit more tangible uh, takeaways, I think. Yeah. So I, I guess to, to repeat on some of these is, um, you know, regular employee or founder presence is probably very important. Um, I do, don't forget about your actual profile. So if you're going to distribute something, a lot of people on Twitter will bounce back to like check out your profile. It's one of the interesting parts, yeah. but like, have you utilized the banner to like say what you do or to promote some other thing you're working on or an aspect of your marketing that you want people to engage with? Have you set up a link, all of that stuff. Have you pinned your most prominent tweet at the top? So people have a sense of who you are. Um, as far as threads go, I think remember that you can use links in your threads. People will move off of that platform occasionally, but if you're going to do it, I put it at the very end. Um, or if it makes sense narratively, like feel free to insert links in the center, but in general, save it. It'll allow the, it'll allow you to get more traction and more impressions on that tweet. Yep. Um, I think another key aspect that we, that we did touch on is like, start promoting others. Like you're going to need people's help for visibility and you pretty quickly start to feel like you're on a team. Even if you've never met these people, like, like their stuff, retweet their stuff, and they'll likely do the same for you. Obviously mm. read it, make sure you agree with it because if you promote the wrong thing, you'll feel <laughs> right. silly. Yep. Um, it doesn't take, uh, that is one unique thing. It doesn't take long for something wrong or terrible to like blow up worse yeah. than it actually is. Um, so it's just something to, to be mindful of. Um, I think creating things of values, always, obviously the point, uh, but really you want to create something so valuable, probably with another creator in mind or another person in your industry in mind, like a specific person. So you can end up in their threads. And you yeah. can kind of return that favor, but 
that is a key part. It's like trying to get in other people's threads. So you blow up without the effort of creating every day. Um, and then I know we touched on this as well, but it's just less make your post less pro style. So you've got your threads, you kind of think of those as bullet points. They're short, you're writing in phrases. It's less usually yeah. of a, of a rant or pro style. Yeah. Uh, way of writing out your thoughts or promoting a piece of content. Yep. Cool. Yeah. And I, I would add, um, I think we touched on it in a prior episode, like you, you can't just copy or cut up what you did, post it on LinkedIn and drop it onto to Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like it, it does require, um, the the language you use and kind of how you approach it and the, the casual nature that you mentioned earlier in this episode, like taking all that into account and not just like, Oh, I'm going to hurry up and cross post to multiple channels. Uh, but making sure you kind of tailor it to that, I think is important. Um, you know, understanding the dynamic of your brand profile versus personal profiles, um, kind of what you're doing there. I mentioned earlier, like not expecting the entire company to, to distribute on Twitter um, I think it's just weird when you have someone on your team that's got 27 followers and all they do is like post stuff about their favorite sports team. And then, you know, mixed in there is like randomly something about your, your company or whatever. I think just kind of like, uh, being mindful of that and letting the folks that do want to be engaged in there do that. Um, and then, yeah, just being, uh, yeah, I would say lastly, just kind of knowing the what you want to get out of it. And, you know, if that means not having a company Twitter profile, fine. If it's heavily engaged and you do like it makes sense for your company to actually have support people in there and you actually do quite a bit of interaction on Twitter, um, that's also great. And then you just kind of build process around, you know, when does it escalate? When does it kick to DM? Kind of all that stuff. So. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. It's just kind of understanding how your company wants to use it, uh, if they want to use it at all, uh, from a company profile perspective. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. I, I think there's a lot there. We do have some resources on our site. That's a very detailed walkthrough of like how to, um, how to create Twitter posts, uh, and, and threads from the con the written content, blog content you're already creating. So, uh, a lot, lot of very tactical advice there. If that's something you're exploring and wanting to learn more about, uh, as I said before, we will be touching on uh, a similar episode on LinkedIn distribution, uh, next uh, episode. So be sure to check that out. Uh, but you can visit 10 speed.io slash, uh, podcast to see all of the past episodes. You can also sign up to receive, get notification, new ones. Uh, of course you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, any of those. Uh, we appreciate the support and listening uh, and always feel free to reach out if you have any questions about any of this. Uh, thanks a lot, Derek. Yeah, thanks for having me.